Blog Talk Radio. Dynamic Word Bible Studies. This is your host, Felicia DeRozier. I am joined today by my co-hosts, Mariah and Cross. You know, these are my kids, if you've, if you've ever joined us before, but if you haven't, these are my kids, okay? She's got one other child, but she's super-duper shy, so I don't know if we'll ever really hear her on the microphone. <laughs> so she just doesn't like that, that whole sort of thing. But we have a special guest today. My good friend, and I was just telling her, I'm like, I, I swear, I was like, when I met you, I knew, like, God had a special connection. You were my sister, not my friend, right? And that's Diana Ferrand. Diana, say hello. Hello, everyone. So nice to um, be here. And um, I feel the same way about you, Felicia. You are my sister. We knew each other before we were in the womb. <laughs> I'm serious. Like I was like I was like this is like you know you meet some people and you're like oh, I need you in my life. This is my girl. And they have the audacity to live so far away. I know, right? She picked up and moved. I actually like cried. <laughs> I did. I was like, the me. So, um, but you know, in Vegas, you get used to people moving. Um, that's kind of the thing that happens here. It's pretty transient. <laughs> And um, we do have Pongo here in case he barks. Hopefully he won't bark, but right now he's just snugging his sister. He's also one of my. He's also one of our special stars. He's a special guest star. So um, we're going to move into commercial break real quick, and then we're going to hit our Bible study. Our Bible study today is is called "It's All Good," um, which doesn't seem right, right? It doesn't all seem good. So we're going to talk about that and why. Things the past couple of days. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's a good reminder. So let's hit those commercials, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. We all know that times are tough, and things are really expensive right now. So why not save a little bit of your wallet as well as the landfill? Marty.com carries high-quality products at low, low prices, sometimes up to 70% off of retail. I just got a wonderful package of beef jerky for one cent sent to my house through Marty.com. Marty.com offers high-quality products at discount prices. Why? Well, sometimes products are seasonal or overstocked or packaging just changes. It's still great quality food. Hello, Freedomizers. I am Broccoli Man. When I am not fighting crime, I listen to the Proof Negative radio show. I am the Wire Ripper. Not only do I forbid you to listen to Freedomizer Radio and the Proof Negative Radio Show, I am going to demand you wear a mask and get your naked body scan. We need to protect the One World Government. You getting the real information hurts a crime syndicate. Do not listen to Proof Negative. You must now disrobe this instant so I can check your person for a constitutional cash money. Anyway, listen to Proof Negative on Freedomizer Radio. Weeknights 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern, 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. Freedomizerradio.com Food waste is one of the most easily solvable problems, literally the low-hanging fruit of environmentalism. Pardon the pun, it's my job. About 20% of all produce never makes it off the farm. It's because they just look a little funny, a little weird, but when you cut into it, it's perfectly good food. It's just a total shame. It's totally good stuff. 
we buy ugly produce directly from farms that often would go to waste because supermarkets won't buy it because of how it looks, and we deliver it to people's doors. This isn't that ugly at all. Like, that's the most common first box, like, complaint we get. We change that. We educate people. We show them how amazing these fruits and vegetables are. To have food delivered to your house. Box of produce every week. And it's more affordable. At a very reasonable price. Cheaper than the grocery store. I spend a lot less time in grocery stores. It's an adventure every time that you open your box. High-quality produce. There's nothing wrong with the produce. And they taste exactly the same. It's not better. Save those fruits and vegetables that get wasted every year. And it's delivered to your door, like, but what, why wouldn't you do why wouldn't you do? Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.live, and sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Use our promo code and get money off your first order. Go ahead and get some organic and all-natural meats, dairy, snacks, breads, and non-GMO produce. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. I'm so excited to be here today uh, with my guest, Diana, who I just adore, um, I guess apparently we have a dog that's breaking wind in the be- in the bedroom, which is um, an additional benefit for those of you who aren't live. Um, be thankful that this is not smell-o-vision, but we've got radio going on. Um, <laughs> Cross and Mariah hiding their noses. Cross, would you like to pray us in? I'm trying to get it over to him. <laughs> nice, as siblings go. Cross, would you like to pray us in, buddy? Sure. All right. I was about to say everybody had to talk, because that's what I do at Scouts. Uh, <laughs> Lord God, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you did for us. Thank you for us being able to be on the show today. And we pray that you just speak through Mom, speak through everyone here, except Ponga, who can't speak. <laughs> In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so I'm really excited today. We're going to talk about it's all good. And I think that we say that a lot, you know, hey, how's everything going, okay? I, I think a lot of people would say, like, I'm fine, I'm okay, right? Okay, it's all good. Um, and, and we're talking about a scripture, and I'm going to say that the scripture, it, you, you almost go, well, wait a minute, that doesn't really sound like it's all good, right? Um, so we're going to discuss a little bit about you know, bad things happening, why they happen, and how God makes it all good, right? Because he's awesome like that. So our scripture today is Romans 8.28, and I'll read it aloud for everybody. That's Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Um, Even though we have troubles here on this world, God never wastes an opportunity to bring good things out of the bad. It kind of reminds me of some political statements um, that have been made that, you know, probably are not for our good, right? Never waste a crisis, right? But in God's case, he doesn't waste crises. Um, when there's bad things that happen, and Lord knows I've had a lot of bad things that happen, um, he makes sure some eternal good comes out of it, okay? And sometimes that eternal good benefits me, and sometimes it does not. Um, but he always makes sure that there's some eternal benefit out of it. Um, And so uh, the big question that we have on our mind is since bad things are going to happen in this world, how can we lean into God in our pain to make sure that those experiences aren't wasted? Um, And so today, the primary example I want to look at, 
I can't read all the scriptures, so I'm going to leave it to our audience to go back and read the scriptures later because it's chapters and chapters. But one of my favorite, I hate calling them Bible characters because they're really historical people. So one of my favorite historical people in the Old Testament is um, Joseph. And his story really runs from Genesis chapter 37 to Genesis chapter 45. So not when he was born, when he was introduced to uh, his grandfather. Because there's a story in the Bible where he's introduced to his grandfather, and that's really where his story starts. Where he's introduced to his grandfather. Okay. Um, I don't recall that being exactly where it starts, but possibly, possibly. So what I love about Joseph is um, that this whole story is outlining about Jacob's favorite son, okay, born of Rebecca. Um, this is one of those whole, like, polygamous type of a situation. And we know that the Bible speaks about things that it considers bad by illustrating how very bad it can go. And, indeed, this uh, blended family situation, because there's, like, polygamy involved, goes very, very poorly for the family, right? Um, there's lots of contention between wives. There's lots of contention between children. Um, it, you know, go figure, right? Okay. So so the Bible's clearly saying this is not a real good situation. Um I've always loved this story because so many things really go wrong for Joseph, but in the end, God works them out for the good. So basically, Joseph is the favored child. He's the favorite child. Dad makes absolutely no bones about this. Um, he uh, allows his wife to give him special clothing that sets him apart. He's saved from hard labor. Um, he has these. He has a gift where he gets dreams from God. And um, the boy, you know, he's obviously the favorite, right? So he's a little cocky and doesn't show very good character or wisdom. And he shares this very abundantly with his brothers, which makes them even more jealous of him. And so what's the result, guys? Who remembers? Go ahead. They throw him down an empty well. They throw him down an empty well. Not very good, right? They were going to leave him to die, but they don't. What do they do instead? They sell him into slavery. They sell him into slavery. Um, and he gets sold into slavery in Egypt. And I guess you could say everything's going well for him as a slave. I'm not sure how that works, but, but he's um, <laughs> ranking up and doing, and, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're going to contextualize, like, if things could go well for you as a slave, this would be what it looks like, I guess. And he's eventually put mm. uh, in charge of all of belongings. Right. So he's like the head honcho in this very powerful man's house. Now, Potiphar, do you remember, he's, he's the captain of the guard, Right. So he is like the very important guy. Right, right. He's the most important soldier in all of Egypt. So he's a big wig, and he is in charge of the big wig's house and belongings and everything, like all his business ventures, all his wealth. He's in charge. And then his wife starts to Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him. She gets a little frisky. She gets frisky. He gets blamed, even though he does what he's supposed to do, right? Prison. And he gets thrown in prison. And now we're going to contextualize this again. Everything seems to go really well for him in prison. <laughs> like if things could go well for you in prison, this is what it looks like. He starts to become in charge of all the prisoners. Like he basically is the right hand to the warden, right? And um, so then I at some point there's a oh. What was that? Sorry. I also think we need so to think about how awful prisons were back then. 
they were, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's no plumbing, you know what I'm saying? It's disgusting. There's no regular showers. There's no one taking you out to the yard to make sure you're working out. Like, it's a bad right. situation. <laughs> right. It's a bad situation. And, and really, you know, um, Joseph, he does a really good job of always just, like, allowing God to make the best of these really awful situations, right? I hope – I hope somewhere that I meet him at some point and go, you were complaining a little bit, right? Like you did. <laughs> I hope he was complaining a little bit. The Bible doesn't really show him complaining a whole lot, but he always seems to just kind of rise to the top. And, um, and yet again, there's this dream interpretation situation where he rises to the top again. He um, catches notice of someone who gets out of prison who happens to be the cupbearer to the Pharaoh. And when the Pharaoh is having a dream that he can't interpret, this is when he remembers Joseph, who had been left to rot in the prison an extra, I don't know, like six years or something like that. Um, and Joseph is able to interpret the dream, give sound, wise counsel to the king, and now he's elevated to being the right-hand person in Egypt during um, a time of plenty and then an upcoming time of terrible drought. The end result of it is him saving the nation of Egypt, but also saving the nation of Israel. Um, his brothers are all able to come to Egypt, and because he's in power, they're able to feed their families and eventually move into Egypt. Um, so uh, I'll stop that story there. I want to give a truncated version so that we know anybody who's not familiar with the story knows what we're talking about here. Lots of bad things happen to Joseph, and in fact, even the nation of Israel being in Egypt eventually turns into a challenge and a bad thing, right? Uh, but for a time period, there's prosperity because of the fact that um, Joseph trusts God in all of these really, really horrible situations, and so God ultimately uses those for the good. Um, so uh, what's interesting about this good is that it's not really just beneficial to Joseph. It's beneficial to Joseph, but it's beneficial to the nation of Israel, okay, to his local nation. It's beneficial to um the nation of Egypt, okay? But because it benefits the nation of Israel, which is a fledgling, it's basically just a tribal family right now, um, it actually benefits the entire world. That's why we care about Joseph in the Bible is because if the nation of Israel had not been preserved, there would not be a place for Messiah to have been able to come to this world. You know what I'm saying? Like they were the chosen people. Um, and we'll go more into being the chosen people later, um, actually next week. So, um, they were the chosen family to bring forth Jesus the Savior. And so God brings good from the evil that Joseph endures, um, and that goodness brings blessing to the entire world. Um, and as a matter of fact, if you read Joseph's story, he even says so much at the very end of it. So I encourage you guys to go read it if you're not super familiar about it. Um, now I want to talk about how God um, – I'm going to read a scripture. It's, it's Hebrews 12.2. Uh, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, um, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Um, this will become a little bit important to us as we keep going, but um, some translations actually call him the author and the finisher of our faith, right? Um, so we want to talk about, like, God's not the author of our woes. Um, there's some popular theology out there that says that God brings about trials and challenges 
to deepen our character. And that can feel kind of good at a time, but it makes me question sometimes the goodness of God. So we've talked at length about this before, but I want to kind of rehash it for anybody who's joining us for the first time. Um, Tell me, guys, where, where do our troubles come from here on this earth? There's a few different categories of why they might happen. Uh, usually from our own shortcomings of sin, you know. We live in a fallen world, and so it's just, it, everybody says, oh, well, God did this to me for punishment. And it's like, no, 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 no. You got yourself <laughs> in your own little mess here. This was not God. This was you. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a bad world. I'm sorry to say, life's not perfect because of what happened way back when with this Adam and Eve business. Like, okay. it, it's, it's an after effect of a curse. Okay, so, so free will allows sin to enter into the world, right? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> way to show um, that up. <laughs> free, free will uh, allows sin to enter into the world, and I'm part of that sinful byproduct. I sin. Other people around me sin. We live in a broken world in the first place, so there's things like um, death and sickness, right? And that's, that's part of the curse of sin. That not necessarily, like, you could die as a result of sin, but, I mean, we could also die just because that's what happens in this world, right? I know right? the Hebrew and Greek word for sin. Oh, okay, tell me. The Hebrew word is chata, and the Greek word is harothia. Okay, and, and um, what does it mean? Well, usually uh, in Hebrew, chata means to just miss. It's actually an archery term, to miss the target, mm-hmm. but... Um, and you're an archer, right? Like, your team just got third place to the state, so you're a good archer, right? Yeah, and um, <laughs> also, uh, it could also mean uh, uh, going on a different path. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there are consequences to every path. Right. Because if you go on a different path than the one that you were paid, then you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, people have been sinning all over the place, but uh, the first people to sin were Adam and Eve, of course, and then Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. God actually tells him that, unlike his parents, he can conquer this sin. He can rule alongside God, but he doesn't. He lets the sin devour him, and he murders his brother. That's right. So let's so let's talk about um, how bad things enter into this world in the context of this story. Okay, one of the elements that this story doesn't really point out is um, is Satan and and you know spiritual darkness working against us. That does happen. Okay, um, we see uh, examples of that. I think um, Diana, we were talking about Job, right? We see examples of that in Job and um, Peter and, uh, you know, Peter before he is, um, challenged when, uh, Jesus is going to trial, right? And even Judas. So we do see some activity there, right? And I think it'd be great for us to be able to blame <laughs> Satan or blame God for our problems. It's not always the case, right? Did you want to expound on that at all? I, I, uh, well, I mean, I think it just goes so deep. There's so many things here when you're talking about, um, sin you're talking about bad things, and you're talking about um, um, trials, and I and I and I think we're actually having three different conversations here, and and I think that's okay. probably where it starts. So first, you know, I don't know that trials 
in some shape or form is not necessary. And the reason why is if you think about um, you think about when a baby, a, a toddler learns to walk. If toddlers don't mm-hmm. fall, their don't form right. And so what we see okay. as imperfection is actually perfection. That fall, that toddling, that, you know, it is making their hips, their feet, and their joints form correctly. So often mm-hmm. we see um, quote-unquote mistakes as a bad thing. And I don't know, because I've never lived in a perfect world, what perfect actually means. And I think a lot of times we 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 think we know, but we don't know. You know what I'm saying? We don't know exactly what that means. So we have to set that aside for now and leave that up to the Lord. The other thing is that was actually uh, exactly where I was going. Was... I'm sorry. I said that's exactly you when you were me? saying that. I was like, I was wondering what. It's like, yeah. So so a lot of times we are learning from um, mistakes and falling. You know, in this world, right? Yeah. And I wonder what that that looks like under the perfect scenario and we'll never know. I mean, we'll know maybe we when don't we get know. to heaven, there's no more right? But, but yeah, we don't know we don't right know now. what that looks like. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, agree. Obviously, yeah. no one's giving me into marriage and I guess there's no more children. I don't know. But I'm just saying like, I'm just using that as an example of saying like we actually can't conceptualize what perfection is. We have an idea of what we think perfection is, but we don't know. Perfect, like the fact that our bodies heal, the fact that there's so much, there's a lot of, I, like to me, to me, in my opinion, perfection happening on some, on some level because you can see where God made things so fearfully and wonderfully made. Like, wow, the fact that I can produce another human being in my body and this happens and they have ten toes. Like, that is amazing to me. Like, you know, that, this side of heaven that is the closest thing I can think of perfection, but we actually struggle with right. that concept. The next thing is sin, right? Yeah. So sin is rebellion uh-huh. against God. And no matter what we feel is right or wrong, God is actually the, 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 the authority over what is sin and what isn't. So then that leads us to trials. And the trials, which I have called, bad, and there are some that I still hold on to are bad, like they are still bad, but God used them for good. But often what mm-hmm. we felt was a situation later on in hindsight, we find is good. And so it goes right back to me, in, in my opinion, that I've got to look to the Lord and say, and humble myself and say, you know what, Lord, I actually don't know if this is good or not. Like you, like the Joseph situation, there's no way I would have called anything about that as being good. Like the idea Absolutely. of being yeah. in an ancient prison is so gross to me. I'm like, oh, my goodness, what could be worse than that? <laughs> like, oh, wow. Right. But, you know, right. God used it for good. You know what I'm saying? I think there could have right. been a different way, but he used those bad yeah, if there wasn't a fall, there would have had to have been a better, a, a different way, a better way, right? Um, so let yes. me see if I can sum this up for you in various different steps. We're going to, like, look real closely at this story, okay? So, mm-hmm. um, and, and if I don't mention the trial, it's because it's not in my notes, okay? But I'm going to pop off where the trials are there. So if I don't mention it, somebody mm-hmm. call me out on it, okay? So sin enters the world when mankind rebels and decides to live our life our own way. And the result is challenge, illness, death, and pain. 
Um, it's that, mm-hmm. that brokenness within the world. And we see this in the story through the drought, okay? The drought is right. life-challenging. It, it, it could take out whole nations, including that, that family that God's put together to bring Messiah through. Um, then right. secondly, we often have visions that are not in alignment with God's will. Um, while he's not surprised by our rebellion, he didn't originate it. Um, in other words, God, knowing we're going to make a mistake, knowing we're going to do something stupid, um, is not the same as causation. Um, this is like when Joseph starts bragging to his brothers about his dreams, about how he's going to lord it over them. That was a bad mm-hmm. decision on his part. Okay, we're going to say that that's, that's Joseph's sin, right? Um, but um, then we uh, see. Yeah, Joseph probably did a lot of other things. He probably did, but, you know, the, the scroll is only so long, right? Um, mm-hmm. So other people's sin, the third thing, other people's sin, which can cause strife and pain for us. This is obvious when we see Joseph's brother selling Joseph into slavery, right? Um, and then the mm-hmm. trials that Joseph faces, I see, like, at least two major ones where character growth is happening. But, again, yes. we're, we're seeing the hand of God working on him. But but not mm-hmm. not the causation. When he's um, in slavery, you see his character grow. He grows in humility. Um, he learns to be humble to the other person who's really lording it over him, right? Yeah. Um, and then the thing happening when he's in prison. This is another trial, and you see his his growth of his depth of character. You see him grow in areas of humility and patience and kindness to other people. In a way that you probably didn't you, see before, you know, you also have right? to consider that that also probably changed his ideas of how he would treat his brothers. Being in that prison or being a slave, oh, yeah. he would not want to put his his worst enemy in those situations because he understood what I would it meant. Agree. You know what the I mean? Death like girl, that's God just here. made I'm it you, yeah. so beautiful <laughs> in spite of it being agreed because so <laughs> he's so good. Agreed. Agreed. So I'm going to chew through a little bit more of this uh, study so that we can uh, hit commercial. I want to make sure that I leave lots of time for your testimony. So um, God never really wastes this opportunity to grow our character or deepen our relationship with him, but he's not the cause of the problem. He just says, okay, so we've got a problem. I'm going to make sure that I make the most of it. We're going to deepen your character. We're going to broaden your perspective. Um, I I think that a lot of times um, people would actually – maybe even say that I'm wrong on that concept. They would say that God has his hand on everything. He causes all the problems for our character growth. He causes all the trials. Um, and, um, and and it can kind of feel a little bit more secure. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I almost feel like we're kind of like free-falling through this crazy world that we have because it's very broken, and, and we're surrounded by very broken people. And that can be a little bit scary, but we know ultimately God has his hand on the finale and if it ever gets too crazy, then that's when you see God's hand move in the area of miraculous and, and, and healings and things like that. Um, you know what I'm saying? So that we can continue to have faith in him. Um, in the end, the good news is God wins, and we can be secure in that, right? Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I, I yeah but, but my thing is I don't know that God doesn't always allow and I'm going to say allow because I don't know what he, you know, I, I, I've never seen in the Bible where he's actually put his hand. Um, well, no, I, I can't say that's not true. Um, but 
I've never seen him actually do direct harm to a person, you know what I'm saying, with his own personal hand. Like, that's never been the character I've seen. But I can't say that, right. you know, like you and I talked about where uh, when it was asked, why was this man made blind? And, and Jesus said it wasn't for his parents' sins or his sins. It was for the Son of Man could be glorified. So I think right. I think it goes back to, though, our our conception of what is bad and what is good. And what God may deem as good, we may deem as bad in the situation. And, uh, and one of the best illustrations. Go ahead. That's, that's perfect because that's actually which direction we're going. So keep going. You're good. Oh, <laughs> one of my favorite illustrations is like when we see a lion uh, get a gazelle, we're sad for the gazelle. Right. But if the lion goes hungry and cannot feed his cubs, we are sad for the cubs. So who's right and who's wrong? You know what I'm saying? Right. We're incapable right. of right. deciding that. And the Lord is. He says, today, gazelle, you are the meal. And today, lion, you do not go hungry. Or today, lion, you go hungry. You know what I'm saying? And it's for his right. glory. And this is where I think our sinful nature gets in the way. We struggle with releasing that to the Lord. I agree. Um, I think that it's really um, – a lot of times we have the wrong perspective and the wrong perspective has to do with me as the center of the universe, as opposed to God as the center of the universe. Um, yeah. So, so that's actually where we're going to go here. Um, so we've talked before about there's a premise and a promise dynamic. Very often in the Bible, you'll see promises, right? Okay. And the promise here, of course, is that God will use all things for good. Right. And so there's a premise built into the statement. So let's talk about how we position ourselves to receive that promise because we're not going to receive this promise all the time, okay, because sometimes we're not positioned to receive it, okay? If I'm, if I'm continuing an act of rebellion against God, I'm not going to see the good. So let's talk about that. Um, the mm-hmm. first thing it says is that um, God brings all things to the good of those who love God, Okay. Um, this promise is for people who are in a relationship with God. Those who love him are changed inwardly and renewed by him, and we see the world in, in a way that God does in ever-increasing measure. This means that we share his hope for a hurting world in need, and sometimes I may not directly benefit from the good that comes from my trials. Okay? Quick mm-hmm. example. Um, I, made, I made some bad decisions that ended up in some broken relationships, and I've been divorced. Um, but um, because I took that before the Lord and I love God and I'm willing to see his perspective in things. First of all, I can see where I was wrong and broken in that and I can grow through it. Mm-hmm. And I can also support other ladies who are going through um, mistreatment and marital problems and even sometimes divorce in a way that maybe someone who hasn't gone through that sort of thing could. Um, so that's, that's an example. If I didn't love God and trust him with that trial, then, you know, and, and by the way, that trial is really a direct result of my sin. Like, even when I've screwed up, yeah. God says I can make it good. And that's a beautiful Amen. promise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, ultimately his goal is to make heaven really crowded, right? And so yeah. sometimes it doesn't look good for me, but, but it's good um, entirely for him. Um, so second is being called. Uh, the original Greek here is, Kaleidos, which means to call or summon. Now, I don't know about you, but I often put my hand or my mind to things that God didn't call me to. I just like them. I'm <laughs> having fun, and there's nothing wrong. 
hit somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. There's, there's nothing wrong with doing something that you enjoy, but we have to learn to distinguish between what seems good and what is from God. Our sweet spot is where we operate in our gifting with our talents according to God's calling. And of those three things, gifting, talents, and calling, the one thing that is um, not negotiable is calling. In other words, God may call me to something that I'm not gifted to and give me what I need supernaturally in that, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, But if I'm operating in something I'm not called to, then it's very difficult for me to expect him to bless it. Does that does that hit? Does that make sense there? It makes um, sense. Um, so the, I'm like, so I'm yeah. I'm I'm like this. Um, I, I totally agree. Like it, when God call, He'll call you to do things that you are uncomfortable with, or you don't even know you have the skill set, and He may just use you as a vessel. Like that's completely. But I think that, and I've seen it in people's lives where God. There's some people that, you know, and, I, and, I, and I'm going to say people just because while I do know that God's favor is upon me, he has just given me a different um, life. There are some people I, I've seen that just seem to have so much favor, but for whatever reason, for my life, God says you will work harder. <laughs> and, and that's okay because my character requires that. My character requires that. I cannot be given things. But, like, I have seen people who do not have this skill in God's favor, they ask and God's favor just goes upon them and they can't do it, even though it does seem to necessarily, because they're, he's just giving them grace and it's something they desire. And so sometimes, not all the time, God gives certain people and certain times the desire of their heart, even when they, when it's not even necessary, like it's in his, it's in his will, but it's not directly their calling. Does that make sense? No, that uh, makes sense. Oh my gosh, I can't hear anything. Hello. Hello. Okay, well that was fun. Um, I guess I was the one that dropped oh my off the call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember I said sometimes we were doing good stuff? Yeah, we have technical difficulties. My my phone just hung up oh, for wow. no reason. Um, okay, and to be clear, so I wasn't on our home internet, so it's not like, you know, Spirits of Darkness, we've had that happen too. Um, I don't know, whatever Mrs. Jerome was going to say, it must have been pretty important. I know. Did you finish what you were saying? <laughs> say it again. I didn't even it, know what I dropped it. Oh, no. <laughs> so um, let's see here. We were talking about being called, and we were talking about how sometimes God calls you to things you're not equipped to do or you feel like you're not equipped to do. Yeah. Yeah, and I was just saying that I do think that um, that we're definitely, you, you will find us where we're not, quote, unquote, in, uh, equipped, but God does, he, he puts us, I've been in those situations multiple times. But I do think sometimes um, for some people he does give uh, favor, and even though you um, – well, all things that he allows happens is in his will. Um, I do think that sometimes you can ask, even though it's not necessarily your calling, and if, it's, if he finds it good for the whole, he will grant you the desires of your heart. 
sometimes yeah. that happens, sometimes it doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's each person well, has yeah, a different and, thing, and but yeah, I, I agree. I, I hear you. I, I, I spent years praying for God's favor, um, and there's like a whole thing. There's God's teaching me all about that, and we'll maybe have to talk about in more depth sometime about God's favor because mm-hmm. usually we're praying for favor and we're in God's favor. Well, but, again, it's our perspective that needs to change, not necessarily what he's doing. Um, let me yeah, well, you know, and sense. some people some people get that. You know, like, like I, uh, that was a point I was saying, like, my, my sister, for example, we always say, like, she's extremely favored. Like, she asked the Lord, and he gives it to her, where for me he has always required that I work for things. But for my character, it is required that I work harder. I cannot be giving things because I am naturally lazy. And so <laughs> the Lord knows that, and I, I am required to work harder for the things that I am to obtain, you know what I'm saying? So, like, it, it looks safer. I still believe I have just as much favor as my sister does, but he knows me yeah. and he knows what's best for me. And so, therefore, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just looks different. <laughs> but it, it would look like yeah, he likes her more. And it pleases him to see you grow, you know, like that, that brings great pleasure and and it, and it brings glory to his name. Um, So let's, uh, let's grab this last premise real quick before we move on. Oh, you got something? Yeah. About the calling thing. I, I I think it's also important just for those who are like just beginning their walk Mm -hmm. is the definite, is the difference between career and calling because a lot of times we get that mixed up where, oh, uh, my purpose is in being a pastor, or my purpose is being this, like, A, B, or C. Okay. Um, but your career and calling are two separate things. Career brings income. Calling brings purpose. And right. if you yeah. tie your career with your calling mm-hmm. and you lose your career, you lose your identity. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't your identity at all to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important just to establish that as well. I, I totally love that because um, I used to be a working mom. You remember this. And I actually had some pretty hoity-toit jobs, right? Yeah, um, very good. I was, I was in uh, corporate recruiting, so I was getting people jobs. Um, I was an operations manager for a small massage therapy company. Um, it, it was really cute. Every once in a while I'd bring my kids into work, and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is your desk? You're in charge of people? This is so crazy. Like they had no idea, right? Um, but this is my calling. Um, what we're doing right now, uh, what we're doing right now, um, or uh, another calling I have is that I have several friends that I'm able to support and like, um, love on and care for as part of my group. Like, you know, um, that's technically shepherding and pastoring, right? Okay. Um, it's not an official title, right? But these are, these are, this is my crew and this is who God's called me to care for. I'm shepherding. No, no, it's not about the title. It's, yeah, you shouldn't have the title to fulfill the calling. Right, right, right. You just are what you are. That's what you're called to be. I'm called to shepherd my kids. Um, I'm a homeschool parent, and I'm able to take that opportunity to be able to help them grow in the Lord. Um, so that's, that's where my identity needs to lie is in my calling. And it's really interesting because in this season, I hop in and out of work and sometimes in jobs that are not very impressive. Sometimes I'll do things like grocery delivery. Not very impressive. Anyone could do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, but that's okay because my identity is not tied to what I'm doing. But God will call me while I'm working, while I'm in the world, into different areas of his broader calling, which is actually what we're going to talk about right now because the third premise is 
that we're working according to his purposes. Ah, wow. Yeah. And that's that's like God, God shows up. His spirit is here and he just shows up. Thank you, Pastor Austin. I know. <laughs> so, you know, and I, I want to add if I could just add to that real quick, too. First of all, Mariah, like, I, I, I love hearing you. You are just so mature and so wise beyond your years. I love hearing you. Um, That's not but true, also, but thank like, you. I know. <laughs> it's true. Um, when I think we also, um, you're know, speaking to new believers, a lot of times um, as new believers, we get stuck on where we're called. There's a lot of places that as being a believer – period, much like being a parent, you are called to. And if you just check the Bible, we are called to take care of the, the, the less fortunate. We are called to take care of the needy, of the poor, the, the orphan. We are all, there are things we are already called to, to do. So while you're waiting to find out what is your specific calling, keep in mind we are mm-hmm. called to many things. And don't, be, and don't get stuck in that you're called to one thing and that's it. It, it can mm-hmm. change with the seasons of your life, such as being a mom. There are certain things we are called to as a mother, but as that relationship changes and our children get older, the Lord may call you and prepare you for some other thing. So, yeah, that's I love that you've been right now. I can preach. <laughs> that's like a whole sermon right there. That can, like, preach right there. That was beautiful. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that kind of a line that with Jesus where he was called to the Jews first and then the Gentiles? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would have to I would have to think about that before I said a solid yes, but probably. Okay. Um, I'm good with the probably. That was that was that was a brand new concept that you just threw at me right there. So oh. I have to chew on that for a minute to see. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. I heard that he one was. before. He, remember when the lady came to him and she was not a Jew and he said it was that it that it that it wasn't for him to give her you know, and she said, "Well, even the dogs get to eat at the at the at the uh, eat the crumbs at the master's table." Yes, he was called yes. to the Jews first. Yeah, yeah. So this is actually something that I'm working through this week as I'm writing, and and we'll probably even have uh-huh. a wonderful answer by the end of the day because I'm writing next week's show today, um, and and it's mm-hmm. actually dealing a lot with um, foreknowledge and calling and and. Um, you know, all, all those concepts. So I'm actually really nailing those down today. So we'll, we'll talk, actually, I'm, I'm going to make a promise that we'll talk more about that next week. How about that? Sweet. Okay. <laughs> so our third premise here is that we have to be operating according to his purposes. God set his plan into motion before you ever existed, and it's outlined in the Bible all the way from Genesis all the way through to, um, you know, Revelation. It's gone through the entire Bible. Um, Matthew, just like Diana was just saying, Matthew details part of, are part of the plan um, in the Great Commission, which is found um, in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Happen to have it pulled up right here. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, um, and yes, there are more specific things like, you know, caring for the widows and the orphans and, and all the things you mentioned. Like, isn't that crazy how, like, God, like, comes in and, and, and gives you something? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what was in the notes. Thank you for outlining it for us. Right? <laughs> um, 
last thing that we want to leave you with is, like, we need to check our motives to know that we're in this place. Um, number one, um, God has – it's full of goodness. He doesn't create bad, but he uses these things for good. And my heart, do I feel like my life and my failures are fruitless? Maybe my heart is the problem. Um, am I looking for God's best or am I looking for my own selfish ambition? Am I loving myself to the extreme to idolatry? Because Jesus is that ultimate example. The cross was bad. Separation from the Father was bad. Feeling the weight of the world's sin was bad. But as Right, terrible. So, But as always, God uses this great tragedy as the ultimate good to redeem the entire world. In the same way, we are called to live our lives as living sacrifices for God to work good through. Um, and so that doesn't always feel good or seem good at the time, but it is good because God is good. If we humble ourselves too, I think that's another thing that helps us to get to our motives. You know, you, you don't need to call me back out on my humility right now. Like, that's breaking my heart. Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, like, as a whole, in a society where <laughs> we can Google any answer, we can ask Alexa, whatever, we struggle with the humility that we do not still possess all the information, all the knowledge. It's, it's actually comical to think that humans who have lived on the fingernail of time can compare to the knowledge of the Lord think we can't you know what I'm saying sure. of course yeah, you know I I, <laughs> I I hear that you know and, and, and when it hits and when it hurts that's okay there's no apology necessary there uh that's just <laughs> girl that's what we're all growing so um we're running uh, yeah that is it's called conviction thank you so we're running a little late we're going to go ahead and cut to commercial we'll come back and hear your testimony and we'll just truncate that Q&A session a little bit at the end because I want to make sure you have your full time. So uh, we're going to hop into commercial right now, and we will see you guys back here in about three minutes. Hey, everyone. Proof here again. I want to let you know that you want to protect yourself against this upcoming food shortage that's about to happen. I know with all this COVID stuff that growing your own food is going to be extremely important right now. So I want to introduce you to my friends over at groundwithagarden.com, and you can get yourself hooked up with a vertical garden that you can grow inside or outside of your house. So if you have a back patio or you don't have room outside, you can grow in either way. And I have a bunch of stuff growing on mine. I have pictures to share I love this thing. This is the best garden and most successful that I've ever had for gardening for my own self. So let me give you the website again, groundwithagarden.com. That's groundwithagarden.com. Have you looked at the price of Bitcoin lately? Cryptocurrencies are the hottest financial investment right now. Well, what if you can get free Bitcoin fractions by having an app on your phone or PC? Introducing Lolly, a website that rewards you with free Bitcoin pieces with your online purchases. You purchase from one of thousands of companies like Chewy, Old Navy, Groupon, and others. You get a percent of your purchase back in Bitcoin. Use my link on freedomizerradio.live or 
find me on Facebook for your special link to get started. Lolly, earn free Bitcoin while you shop. Hello, everyone. I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty, you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one-cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10-ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels. And welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. I'm your host, Felicia DeRozier. I'm going to reintroduce everybody just in case you're just joining us. My co-host, Mariah. And Cross. And Cross. Popping <laughs> Cross thinks he had an early morning today. Uh, and right now, we want to kind of give the floor over to our special guest, Diana Durant. Um, Diana Durant has, uh, is a Christian wife and homeschooling mom. She's been married for 21 years, and she is the mother of five, may I say, truly excellent and amazing uh, boys. They're, they're wonderful young men, um, and, and even a little young man, right? She's got a little one now uh, <laughs> as well. Um, <laughs> she and her husband run a creative agency called Creating Genius. She, homes, she um, co-owns this wonderful group called Homeschool Rific, where people can get um, support for homeschooling, and it, it gives people the opportunity to learn how to homeschool themselves. Uh, it gives them the confidence. I think that's super important. Um, Diana also co-leads a small group of women that are a part of a program called Be the Bridge, where they work on reconciling racial division in the church, which is so important, especially because... Jesus' whole ministry was reconciliation. We want to make sure that as a church, we're unified. That was like the topic of our whole sermon this weekend. So that's amazing. Um, she's been faithfully serving the Lord for 20 years and going. Um, I can't wait to hear a little bit more about her uh, salvation, her testimony, how God's operated in her life. Um, and she hopes that each person that she encounters finds their way to Christ just like she has. And I hope so too. Um, I'm going to be quiet a little bit now. I know that's out of character for me, but I really want to. <laughs> I really want to hear more about your your faith journey with Christ, um, how you've walked with Him, um, and whatever God's leading you to share with our audience. So go ahead and um, give us a little bit of insight into your journey. Okay. Well, thank you. You know, it's why we're sisters too, because we both have the gift of, of gab. So uh, <laughs> I understand. We do. Um, <laughs> so, um, my parents did uh, go to church, and they were uh, they, they they started us out in the church, and then they left uh, when I was about eleven, no, maybe ten, ten eleven years old. And um, I remember the church being like the um, the glue that held our family together, and um, and I and I thought 
was what, and I guess in a sense I was right, I thought that was uh, what was missing in our family, and, I, and, and, and it changed us, you know, when they left the church. So um, being that my parents were no longer uh, believers any longer, my aunt was a Jehovah's Witness, and she um, was a big part of my life. She was my favorite aunt. And so um, I would go with her to the Kingdom Hall as a Jehovah's Witness, and I started being, start going that direction. And then we moved to Las Vegas. We were in California. We moved to Las Vegas. And I sought the Jehovah's Witnesses and kept that going. And so I just kept uh, going as Jehovah's Witness was my faith. It was what I wholeheartedly believed in. And um, um, my mom did not believe in allowing me to be baptized before I was 18. Um, So she said, you can go, you can, you know, be a part of it or whatever, but you may not get baptized. They tried to encourage me otherwise, but... Um, I honored my mom, and I waited. Um, I ended up not, like, so the Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe in hell. They they believe in, in, that, in the sense that most Christians believe in. They believe in hell as being a final destruction, right? I had decided that I was going to be, I was going to go to hell because I just didn't want to walk that walk any longer. And so, um, so, like, I believed in the faith, but I believed that I just didn't want to walk that way anymore. So I just decided, well, I'm going to go to hell. So that was, like, my actual <laughs> uh, decision that I had uh, made in my head, and I was okay with it. Had children. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got married. And then I remember uh, shortly, no, before we got married, we were engaged. Uh, my oldest son mm-hmm. and I were talking. We were watching something. I don't know what it was. And, and he heard God and he says, "Oh, what is a God? What is that?" And I was I was so shocked that I have failed to explain this to him because or, or give them a choice. I truly believe that my children needed to have a choice that I, and I hadn't given them the opportunity. So I was I was really sad about that. And so um, my husband and I we weren't married at the time. Um, he was my fiance and um, and I and I said, "Hey, um, our kids don't know anything about God, and that's just not right to me." So I'm going to start taking them to the Kingdom Hall with me, and we're going to start because they need to know. They need to have a choice. And it was funny because uh-huh. that's when the whole religious issue became an issue. It never was before because uh, my husband was not Joe Witness. He was uh, he was Christian but also not practicing, right, obviously. We're living in sin, whatever. And so, like, you know, not whatever, but, you know, we're living in sin and everything like that. So we're obviously not practicing our belief system. And um, Right. And he, you know, just starts to be a, a fight for it. But anyway, um, my the lady I worked for was a Christian woman, and she would just talk. She didn't push it on me. She didn't. She didn't talk. She just was who she was. And if I asked her questions, she would answer them or said this amazing thing that nobody ever said to me. I don't know, or we don't know that yet. And that I don't mm-hmm. know was so powerful to me that I wanted to know more. So I actually went to her church, which Joe Witnesses don't go to churches. They vow that they're never going to churches, never set foot into a church again. And so um, I went to her church, which was a big thing. And it was a very Pentecostal church, very fit of Jehovah's Witnesses. They're very, like, reverend and, like, you know, hymns only. There's no choir. Like, that's their thing, Right. So I come into the mm-hmm. church, and they're, like, totally different than what I'm used to. And I'm scared. 
David. They're dancing like David. (laughs) Yes, they are. And I I feel God's Holy Spirit. Uh, The the pastor called me to the altar, and I'm like, I do not do this. This is not my thing. I'm literally trying to find a way to get me and my kids out of here right now. Like, like, I got to (laughs) go. Um, and, um, it actually, ironically, we were, Michael and I, we were married by this point. And so I go into, uh, I go up and I feel for the very first time in my life, I never knew this was a thing. I thought this was a lie people said. I did not believe in this. This is why I knew that it was real. I felt God's Holy Spirit. And I, I I was like, what is that? And I immediately collapsed and repented, and Jehovah Witnesses are not taught to repent. I didn't even know I had that word in my vocabulary. And I start mm-hmm. repenting for my sins right there, crying, repenting. The Holy Spirit met me right then and there. And wow. it was all just because this woman, this was her. You know what I'm saying? Like she wasn't anything else but God's child. And it was such an influence on me. I wanted more. I wanted to know more. And in that time, the Lord changed my life. And then two weeks later, my husband gets saved because he's like, you're going to church. I need to know what's at this church. You know what I'm saying? So right. he's like coming. God meets him there. Boom. All of our sin nature is revealed to us. We actually feel like we see it for the first time. We couldn't even see our sin. Like we didn't even know that was there because we were so, we just didn't know. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't available to us, but then the Lord just changed our hearts and it was like, wow, we need you. And he changed our whole life. And, you know, it wasn't easy. And and we had a very hard first year. Um, But what I know, I believe, I believe like what we've been talking about, that my that year was coming either way. It was going to be rough. That trial was coming. The difference was we had Christ, and so our marriage survived. But I will guarantee you, had I not had Christ at that time, I would have ne- we would we would have divorced because it was too hard. Uh, Two thousand. Um, uh, so so nine eleven happened at that time. Like it was a lot of crazy stuff happening, and um, and we just would have blamed each other like a lot of what you're seeing in the world right now with the pandemic couples breaking up blaming each other for what's not nothing to do with them it's just right we needed christ and so he rescued us like he he saw us in our mess he knew that the time was now and he came and he rescued us from it and 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 like that song i will rescue you it brings me to tears all the time because that's what he did for me. That's what he did. He said, I'm coming. I have you. I got you. Before I even knew I was his, he he was on his way rescuing me. I'm going to get choked up just right. now. <laughs> so, yeah, that is how I came to the Lord. And I, I hope, man, so many people, they're in their stuff, and they just don't know that God is there to rescue them. He is He is amazing. He wants that for them. And if they would just open their fists, stop being so tight this and open their hand. He will do it. He's so faithful. He's such a good God. That's an amazing so, yeah. testimony. And I, I I'm gonna tell you, I was I was watching The Chosen. I don't know if you've seen The Chosen yet. Um this yeah. is an amazing <laughs> T V series. Okay. Okay, uh-huh. you've seen it. So yeah, if it you're is. all caught 
caught up. <laughs> you're right. If you're all caught up, you'll remember. We saw the, the, we saw the theater, too. too. <laughs> I saw it in the theater. I just saw the replays. Like, I'm bad. I'm bad, okay? Um, there's this scene, um, and I don't remember if it was in um, season three, episode seven or eight, but the, one of the two that was just released, um, Peter, well, his, he's Simon right now, right, um, is walking mm-hmm. with John. He's lamenting over this huge trial that he's mm-hmm. facing. I totally understand because I've lost a child myself. Man, I, I, think just, I think that was seven. It might be. I don't. I don't know which one. But but um, he, but John makes the point to Peter that the trial would happen either way. But either the way. difference is now we have Jesus to walk through it with us. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and it makes we don't all the difference. That. Right. Right. Um. So um. I, I'm not. Just an amazing story because I love the way that God can call us. You know, um, I was born and raised in Vegas, okay? Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I like to call it Grace City. We've had this whole discussion. I want to call it Grace City because where sin abounds, grace abounds much more, right? So uh, yeah. not, not yeah. speaking sin over it, but Grace City, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. um, you would not think that this is the place where God can just pluck you out of utter darkness, but he does. He shows up he in does. places. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, My favorite now I also, are because you know what? It's not part of the culture, so they're genuine. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and there's a, there's a black and white here in Vegas where you know, you know sin and darkness. Mm-hmm. You know yep. false righteousness in Christ. There's there's yes. not an in-between. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes. you, you you are very knowledgeable about every decision you're making. And I think growing up here, and I grew up in a non-religious family, um, mm-hmm. but it was still clear and evident the choices that we that people were making. Um, mm-hmm. And so you, you either made a choice to step over that line or you made a choice not to. Um, and even as a non-Christian, I was making those choices. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah. Christ gave yeah. me a reason to continue. Um, in in righteousness, and, th- and that was so amazing for me. Um, did did you have more of that story? Because if not, I have um, some questions about other stories that I know have led through um, to ministries and to you being able to help other people um, if you're willing to share them. Um, <laughs> feel free to ask the questions because I I could go on. Like, my favorite topic okay. is excuse <laughs> me, like. I, that's just one of many, Felicia. Like he rescued oh, yeah. me before I even knew. Like it's unbelievable. But yeah, please, you you may ask your questions, but if you want, I will share too. <laughs> it's it's like one of those things where when you have when you have your really good friend on, like girl, I know your stories, yeah. right? Okay, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, like yeah, I know yeah. where this all comes from. Um. So, like, I'm going to say this, is that you're so active in homeschooling and helping other people to homeschool, lifting up other ladies. Like, I can't imagine, like, over the time that I've known you and that you've set up this this real ministry that you're doing with homeschool families. Um, and before that, you were in charge of the, the local homeschool group that was based out of the church that we commonly went to. Um, I don't know how many families you've impacted. Um, and, and I know there's a story behind why you started homeschooling and why you came home from work and 
um, really start prioritizing that area of your life of, of raising your kids and stuff like that. Would you mind sharing that and telling us a little bit about how God took that very not great circumstance and, and changed it over for the good? Oh, yeah. So, um, man, it all happens. You know, you know, you know I mean. this is <laughs> It all happens in clusters, you know what I'm saying? And it's like these these things are overlap. Um, To start with, my goal had always been to be home with my kids. At least that was the desire of my heart in in my heart. My mind said something else. Um, And I think you can relate to this because we're similar in age, right? We are raised in a, we, you know, as as these young ladies are even more so now that, you know, you want to be this independent woman, you want to be on your own, but you also, this longing in your heart, like you, you also know that you want to um, be available to your children. So I had been asking God for years to bring me home. My husband didn't actually believe in stay-at-home wives. He was totally against it. And then when mm-hmm. the opportunity was shown itself, I was pushing back because that meant that I had to trust my husband completely with our income, and that was mm. more than I was willing to uh, do. And I got sick. I got very sick. I got so sick I could not return back to work. I lost my job. <laughs> That's actually how I ended up home. I don't know if you knew that or not. <laughs> yeah. It was not something that I did on purpose. Um God just gave me a soft landing, um, mm-hmm. so it, it was it was a trial. But so in that, at the same time, so I'm going through this thing. I've got MS. I'm on a walker at this point. Um, it, it's a it's a terrible situation. Like it's going bad. We actually think I'm not going to make it. It's going really south really fast. Um, my kids are there. Um, I'm looking at my husband. I've got we've got four kids at this point. Um, I've got one. He is he he seems to be doing fine in school, but then the next year it's going bad, going bad real fast. And um, mm-hmm. I'm looking at my husband. I'm looking at my kids, and I said, God, I can't leave. I can't leave him with these boys by by himself. Like I can't do that to him. And so I talked to the Lord, and we came up with a plan to help me to get right. And I did. He healed me. Like I walk, I dance, I jump, I you know, I run, I do everything. Like the God, He, I have the thorn on my side. It's not gone completely, but the Lord has mm-hmm. made it so that I can. And His grace is sufficient, so it's fine. Um, and I say that right now because I'm okay. But you know, when I'm in the middle of it, of course, I'm like, God, why? But at the same time, I do right. know that His grace is sufficient, and He will always take care of us. And and that's what that told me. So in that in that happening, everything happening, um, my second born is he's got this teacher that just doesn't like him, and I don't know why. And he's struggling, and and you know you you have just a dyslexic child, you understand because Kel is dyslexic, it shows up at around second grade, right? And so yeah. um, I suspected it, but Las Vegas, Clark County is not very helpful with. Uh, dyslexic children. They don't have programs. And so early Tell me about it. In. <laughs> yeah, so like, you're on your own. And so um, he, my husband, his business partner at the time, saw our struggle. We struggled for a whole year back and forth and, and, and just trying to work with the schools. We actually moved to a more expensive area trying to have a better school. It didn't, didn't help at all. And um, 
like a year of tears and frustration and hours of of homework every day after school, the teacher giving up on him and just sending him home with kindergarten work. She just gave up on him. Um, right. His partner said, you guys should just homeschool. And I looked at my husband and said, what am I going to do with these kids all day? <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> and so um, we did it the first year. We did it through the state. I hated it. I cried every day for the first six months. I went to my closet and just after I fed the kids lunch, cried, came back out, kept schooling. Um, and then I got connected with some homeschool mamas that showed me how to homeschool without tears. <laughs> right. And um and they yeah, they blessed me in such a way. My journey here has been because of that day. Um, God just okay. pressed me to go to this mom's night out. I wasn't gonna go and I, and I did. It was out of my comfort zone. You know, I, like, I talk a lot because I know you, I love you, but I'm a shy person. I don't talk to people I don't know. <laughs> so, um, I went to this thing, was so uncomfortable. I asked questions because I was so desperate because, you know, desperation will push you out of your comfort zone. And, um, oh, yeah, yeah, we've been doing it for, um, I don't know, what, 15 years now, I want to say? Um, maybe longer. Absolutely. I, yeah, it's been a long time. So, um, yeah, that's that's how we got there. It was it was all by God's good grace. He knew what we needed. He knew that we were going to um, have these obstacles. It was the best decision for our family. Um, I've watched my second son, Kel. He's done amazing things. And, you know, I know you have the same testimony. The things we see our children do, it's like he knew what we needed and um, felt very lonely at first. And I don't, this is another situation where Felicia, if I didn't have the Lord, I don't know what my kids, I don't know what he, what Kel would end up being. Like, I don't know who he would have been, but I don't think I would have had the man that I've got today. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's it's, a great man. Like, I really love Kel. He's amazing. <laughs> like, honestly, all of your boys are wonderful, but I, I know because, because they're Mariah's age, I know Kel and Sean best, and they're really just upstanding, amazing uh, young men. Like, love them. Thank you. Love them. Thank you. So what was yeah, – um, what do you feel like um, – oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, she's a good girl. We like her. <laughs> she says, yay, people love me. Um, <laughs> so um, what do you feel like was that changing point for you? Because I know sometimes – this is this great example of when God's calling you into something, which, by the way, I think really is your strength, but you didn't know it, right? Um, and he equipped you for the thing that he called you to do. <laughs> like, maybe you didn't know at the time this was your strength, right? I know when I first started homeschooling, I did not have the patience then that I do now. Um, my my poor oldest daughter has had to be very forgiving of my temper tantrums because she likewise was dyslexic, but we had her in a private school here in Nevada. Um, for anybody who's listening outside of Nevada Park County, um, our school district really sucks, and the private schools mm-hmm. are better, but not much because the bar is set. Right, the bar is set really low, y'all. So, so low. Um, <laughs> being uh, here in Texas, <laughs> man, they make us look dumb, y'all. <laughs> right, right. Like, the, the bar is set very low, and so they yeah. didn't even know she was dyslexic and dysgraphic until I got her home, and actually by then, because she was in third grade, she had figured out how to read whole words, 
So at that point, mm-hmm. it would have been really hard to spot it unless you were an educator. Where I actually spotted it was in math, where she was reversing numbers. We had mm. to, so, so with words, it's like you would memorize the outline of the letters, just the shapes and mm-hmm. stuff, and just hope that the words fit the box that you would have. And if you got like a really mm-hmm. big word, like hippopotamus, it's like, oh my gosh, it's ah, your brain goes burr. Right. But um, so it actually became a problem for high school biology, was where we oh, found the worst. Hate it <laughs> because there was all these vocabulary words. Same length, lots of yeah. letters, like she couldn't sound them out. It's like reading the names of the Bible. You just kind of skimmed over it. Right. But right. then when you had to take the test, it was like, We'll just oh. nickname them. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Wow. But then my poor mother, uh, my poor mom, she is a saint, truly, because I've been having so many problems this tax season with numbers. Oh. And she stayed up until 1 a.m. with me trying to figure out these numbers. And thankfully... We were in the right about the numbers. It turns out you were not the one that made the mistake. Yes, but, <laughs> but there was, I was like, do you want me to read it out loud? She's like, no. You keep messing the numbers up. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do it. Let me just do it for you. My own accountant says I'm not allowed to make a list of numbers for her anymore. She's like, no. don't touch it. Let me do it. Right, right, right. That's why you hire an accountant. Like, you know, if you, if you know it's something that's hard for you, like, you know, some, some, harder. Right. Someday I'll hire a housekeeper. I need one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I gave one of mom's friends nightmares about math. Yes. yes. I'm going I, yeah, we're doing really good on, on working the kids. I have two of them in pre-algebra, so everyone can pray for me now. Um, so, guys, <laughs> I think we're going to hit commercial break because we've only got, like, 15 minutes left in the show. We want to do some Q&A. Um, so what awesome stories though. I know, right? Like I, I don't think I ever leave um feeling discouraged, but I'm so thankful that you shared so much today. We're gonna hit commercial break and we'll be back in about three minutes. Hey Freedomist Proof here. Just wanna let everybody know that I have a trusted source for EMF protection. So you can block out this five G possibly from your cell phone or any other electronic devices, go to groundwithgia.com and please check out the selection of products that you might need to help filter out all this electronic garbage that's going to get into your house and to your life. So most of us have cell phones except for me. You're going to want to protect yourself. We all have Wi-Fi and you definitely want to do something about this. Please check it out, groundwithgia.com. That's groundwithgia.com. Freaks, outsiders, weirdos, the wallflowers, oddball loser, fish out of water, speak up, talk quieter. We are different. There's no arguing. It's a fact. Patchwork of flaws, we grow and adapt. We're funky, unconventional. See life through kaleidoscope eyes. In a field full of clovers, with our four leaves, we bask in blue skies. Flaws are natural. Our imperfections, our weaknesses, our scars. There is a misfit in all of us. We just have to be brave enough to embrace who we are. Hello everyone, I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty, 
you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one-cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10-ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels. All right, guys. Well, we're back here at Dynamic Word Bible Studies, um, and we're going to go into our Q&A. I want to make sure that I give everybody the phone number in case any of our guests want to call in. I have the chat room open, so if you don't want to call in, you're afraid to go on, um, don't worry. You can always just chat me a message, and I will be happy to read it out loud. Uh, for those of you who may want to call in, the guest call-in number is 319-527-6208. That's 319-527-6208. Be sure and press 1, and that will indicate to me that you actually want to come on air, and uh, we'd be happy to help you with um, any, of your, any of your question needs. If you want to answer a question, if you want to ask a question of our lovely guest, Diana, um, or, mm-hmm. or of us, we can, we can answer questions too. Um, but let's talk a little bit about our Q&A. Um, hey, guys, how do earthly trials grow us personally? I got a whole book for this one. Oh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, have at it. You've got the floor, kiddo. Okay. So um, it's, it's, it's so many different things have happened in our lives. And so when I was stuck in Paris, that was <laughs> legit scary. Now, why were you stuck in Paris? What were you there for? I don't know if everybody knows. Oh, okay. So I was in Paris to be a missionary. Mm-hmm. And for two weeks. Mission. Short-term yeah. mission. Two weeks. That was it. After two weeks, I was supposed to go home. And three days before the program's over, I get COVID. And they put me in this, like, little tiny room, and I don't know where I am because they transferred me in the middle of the night. So it's dark, <laughs> and it's sketchy as all get out. And I'm in the hood. Like, if Paris had a hood, that was the hood. They don't even consider that a part of the beautiful Paris. They're like, that's his own place. We want nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know where I am. I'm sick, and I'm all alone. And they're like, yeah, after the three days, you're on your own. You're going to get kicked out. You're going to, like, go so, fuck to you. So this is not why I'm being mean, though. They have rented this ministry house for this outreach, and there's only three days left in the outreach, so they're going to lose the lease on the house. Right, and right. they didn't have room for me. Right. There, there was really you nothing can't, they You could can't do. go and live on base because there's so many other people. There's no place for you to isolate. Right. Okay, there we go. And I couldn't find, like, hotel rooms or anything like that that would accommodate because, like, I can't go out of the room to get food. And I don't speak Parisian. Or, sorry, French. French. My bad. I don't speak French. So it's like I don't know how to order food or do all of the basic things that I could do here in America. But it wasn't. It, it, while it was scary, while I was in the room, I was remembering all of the things God had already done in my life, like heal me from a blood disease or do this in my life or help me from my last mission trip or A, B, and C. And your last mission trip was a little on the scary side, too. So there was 
a lot, lots of testimony over time. He's built up your faith, right? Yeah, it's like the older we get, the bigger our testimony becomes. But anyway, it was like, I know that I know that I know that you're going to come through because I'm your kid and you said that you would. Um, they, there was a point where I was really frustrated with him, uh, where I was like, you said you take care of flowers and birds and all of these things, and I don't need to worry about anything, so you better come through because if you don't, we got some words. Yeah. And it was like, I, I, at the time, I did blame him for getting sick hmm. because he said I needed to rest. So I was like, screw resting. This hurts. Um, uh-huh. But he was like, you, you cannot mess up on this one because if you do, we're in trouble. So. So ultimately, what happened, though? Like I got a 10-day vacation in Paris. I got healed, and I could go to Disneyland, and I could go to the Palace of Versailles. I like how she just speed bumps over she got healed, right? Okay, so she's living in this house with other missionaries, right? And eventually they tell you to come out, wear your mask, but come out, right? Yeah, and they and they prayed I, I, over I, you. I, I cried. I was like, I can come out of the outage. They, 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 they prayed out over her, and all of a sudden her COVID tests start coming back negative. Mm-hmm. And so she's not going to be homeless in Paris. She's able to stay in the ministry house, but we've already extended her ticket. So it's like God's like, here you go. Here's a free 10 days vacation. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole thing. It was crazy because you can't, you can call in airlines and say, hey, my daughter's sick with COVID. She can't come back. But you can't call in airlines and say, so, hey, God miraculously healed her, and now she can come back on time. So when that's what I did to the U.S. Embassy. I was like, I need help. I don't know where to go. Um, I, I don't speak French. You speak English. Please help. And they're like, oh, we're so sorry. Please give us some time. And then four hours later, it's like, it's good. I don't need help anymore. They're like, why? I'm like, I got healed. They're like, this is a scam. I was like, no, nah, it's not. I promise. They're like, sure you did. <laughs> so um, let's, let's ask a couple other questions and, and give um, someone some time to speak here. Um, is it time to love God before our own wants? Man, <laughs> is it time or what? Is it hard or is it? Time? Is it hard to love God before our own wants, and why is that? Okay, I'm hearing a lot of yas around the room. Nobody wants to talk about that. Diana, you want to talk about that for a bit? Yeah, we're selfish, you know. Um, at the core, we, you know, we can blame our parents. They they made our world around us, and then, you know, we're like, hey, it's not about you. No, I'm joking. Um, no, but we're selfish, <laughs> and so uh, it is hard at, at first. This is where trials is so beneficial. Um, you know, it's 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 like as as a, I think I'm getting tongue-tied here because there's so many words at the same time, but um, my parents, you know, I think about my parents, and I love my parents, and I've always loved them. But when trials came as an adult and my parents were there to help me, that love that I have for them became something different. And then when I became a parent myself and I understood what all of this meant, it it even deepened my love for them. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like that's the same thing when it comes to our Heavenly Father. When the trials show up and he pulls us through, that love deepens. It we hate it. It's just like your story with Paris. You're like, what's going on? Why? You know, I'm just faithful. And he's like, just trust me. I've got you. And then your love deepens. You feel 
ashamed for how you acted. You're like, please help me do better next time. He's like, yeah, you'll do a little better, but not that much. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> I still love you. Yeah. Right, right. And, I, um, I don't repeat the same mistake over and over again. I move on to bigger and better ones. <laughs> bigger and better ones. That's right. That's right. My my thing right. is, like, I'm always trying to do better about my murmuring during situations. Case in point, we mm. just had another big freeze here in Texas, and um, your girl just didn't do so great on day three or four. By day three or four, I was done. And I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to tell you all the great things that God has done for us, and then I'm going to vent. <laughs> right. Cause in Texas, you're not prepared for that deep freeze. It's not like being in New England or in Minnesota. Like, they, they're they prepared and weathered up for that sort of thing. You guys are not, right? That would be like if it froze here not, in Nevada. But it is. It's very similar. But, however, Felicia, God took such good care of us, like, he really did, and honestly, what should have happened was just his praise. I was, worn, you know, I was really worn out, and I, um, I struggle when we go through these things with sleeping because I'm always worried, like, what if everything goes out and my family is freezing and I don't know, you know, like, so I struggle. Um, I struggle to just right. trust God, like, you know what, you take care of us. Let me just sleep and rest in the arms of my father. I struggle even though. He has brought us through over and over and over and over. And so this is where I struggle often and I keep failing. And while my failures look a little different each time, (laughs) um, it is a struggle. And I love him so much and I know he has. And in my right mind, when I'm not in those situations, I'm like, what is going on? You know he's got you. But in the moment, sometimes when when the waves come, I look at the waves instead of looking at Christ, and it, it breaks my heart that I do that. So I'm still working on that, but I think that's what it goes down to. I keep looking at me, my circumstances, my ways, and not looking at the Heavenly Father. And I think that's why we, we tend to struggle with that. Yeah, no, I think that's a struggle that's common to all of us here. Like, honestly, um, honestly, like, I, I – Wrap, try to wrap my head around um, there being no more sin, no more sorrow, no more tears, and no more pain in heaven, um, and me also mm-hmm. being there, and how that works, um, <laughs> because God values free will, and I'm like, I, I do not, I am not, I am not ready, um, <laughs> and I know the flesh will be gone, but I'm like, I'm still not ready, you know, and, and that's part of the beauty of him. Um, bringing us through these things and and holding our hands so that he will lovingly guide us and instruct us in how we need to be so that that whole, like, we don't sin anymore thing is not such a shock to our system. Um, so mm-hmm. I have I have time to, to ask one more question real briefly, and then um, mm-hmm. I will leave the final question because we've already answered the final question really open-endedly. For anyone who may be using this as an at-home or group Bible study to answer. Um, so the next one is, is it, um, do you feel closer to God in times that are easy or when you're in great need? When I'm in need. When you're in need. Same. And why is that cross? Because we haven't heard much from cross today, so I'm going to ask cross why. Um, mostly because uh, I feel like he has the power to rescue me when I'm in need, but when it's easy for me, I'm just like, oh, yeah, you're there. And when I'm in need, I'm like, please, God, rescue me. I I need you. Mm-hmm. It's when you see him show up for you, right? 
and, and you're suddenly like, oh, yeah, you were really there the whole time, not just like, you know. Yeah, some... you're there. Yeah. Right, right. There, there we are. Anybody else want to pipe in? We've got about two minutes. You took my answer. You took your answer. <laughs> it's okay. I think that's a good way to sum it up, right? Go ahead. It's actually ironically both for me. Uh, when it's easy, um, I, I focus on the beauty, and I feel so close mm-hmm. to him. When it's hard, I, I, I cling on to him. You know, we're talking mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, but it's the in-between, the everyday nuance is where I struggle. The mundane. Yeah. The mundane is where I struggle in my relationship. It's not the easy. It's not the hard. It's the in-between when I'm in autopilot. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's when, my, my, when I struggle. So, so many of the things that you say, that you said today are like preachable points. They're like whole sermons, right? <laughs> oh, maybe you need the show. Maybe you need to be running the show. <laughs> no, no. You are doing a so fantastic good. job. This is your thing. I love hearing you With guys. You guys business. are awesome. Oh, well, thank you. We're so glad that you were able to join us. Um, I'm going to throw out the last question as we're hitting right on that top of the hour of the mark. Um, and the last question, if you're at your at home Bible study or in your group Bible study that you guys can talk about is, can you think of a time when you walked through something difficult that God used for good and did it help others too? Um, I think we all kind of answer that question personally for ourselves. Um, so this is time for you to be able to reflect on it and think on it. Um, but thank you so much for joining us, Diana. Um, anybody want to pray us out real quick? Are, are you got it, Cross? Go ahead. Oh, Lord God, thank you for this day. Thank you that uh, Bible study went smoothly with a few mishaps. <laughs> and that uh, uh, we had a couple of great co-stars on the show. Use name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you so much, you guys, um, for being here and for bringing God's word. And I, I just know that it's going to be fruitful for someone. Um, you guys have a wonderful day, and uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.